Enterprising in my surroundings I'm finding the quietest estates these days This representation of storm brewing Amazed that the focus remains The vocal focal point of my change We are back, Mind, Body, Soul With Tommy Runs I am so excited for this We are dedicated to you people We are so dedicated We're recording this on Saturday night Why? Because we want to bring you the goods On some running shoe stuff Today we're going to do a new thing here in the running shoe world for Tommy and I. This is we're going to do three hills that we're going to die on when it comes to running shoes in the running shoe industry and things like that. Opinions that we have that we are rock solid on. Our opinions are not going to be changed. And I don't care what happens in the outside world. We are dying on this hill because we believe in it so very much. Tommy, do you want to take the reins to start? Do you want me to take the reins? What do you, what do you want to do? Well, man, you you really you really nailed that. You sent that home, man. You really did a good job with that one. That, now I feel less. I feel a little shaky, you know, now because it's like I my my mind can't change, and I don't know, you know, like my, my mind. I, the wind could blow hard enough, bro, and I'll be like, oh, this shit was pretty good. Now it, got, it knocked you off the hill. No, <laughs> you're staying on the hill. No, okay. You know, I'm, I'm in honor of you, though. I got the Heineken zero point zero. You see that zero point zero. Okay, 0.0. so well, I'm. Oh, is that 0% alcohol? 0% alcohol. What does it taste like? It actually tastes good. I'm a fan. What is it, does it taste I'm like? I'm a fan. What, is, what does it taste like? Heineken, though? Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. I like <laughs> it. I'm a fan of it. It's like my favorite, like, favorite, like watery it's recovery like, drink. It's like that new water that's out that looks like a beer can. Um, oh, yeah. Death something. Uh, there's a lot of those. Like the hop water is one of them. N- yeah. There's yeah. also like, there's also just water. Yeah, it's like, it's one like, like tap water. It's called Death Valley or Death something or whatever, yeah, but it's just water. water. Yeah. It's just like water in a in a beer can, and it uh, it's it's and really, it's really expensive. Yeah, it's just a marketing trick. It's a marketing yeah. trick. But I'll tell you what. There's a let me let me start. I'll, I'll start off on oh, so something I'm gonna, a hill okay. I'm going to die on. Since we're talking about marketing with water, I'm going to stick to marketing here in a sense. Talk about a brand that I love, but I feel like missed it. They missed their opportunity. Okay. And I don't think they're going to come back. I think they're going to be a niche player in the running world for a generation because they missed their opportunity not once, but twice. And that is my friend at Puma. Puma, Puma, Puma. I have all of your shoes that have hit the market. I love every single one of them. Except for the Liberate. But it's not the worst shoe in the world. But I love all of these shoes. I'm holding up the Puma Deviate Elite. The same shoe that Molly Seidel wore to the Olympic podium. You would think for a a brand that was just getting back into running, maybe for the first time really ever, but really truly getting into running, to have that kind of marketing experience. Holy cow. Their shoe is on the podium on the feet of one of the most beloved runners in the country so easy to root for her people were checking the internet constantly during that race i want to get my hands on those shoes these shoes were sold out for six months leading up to during and after the olympics they had everything they would ever wanted when they were planning this this excursion back into running shoes. They could not in a million years had guessed that this, that things would fall this way for them. That Molly Seidel, who ran in a different shoe in the Olympic trials, picks her, their shoe to run in the Olympics. 
a fantastic shoe, a shoe that maybe not as explosive as some other shoes on the market is I think a direct competitor to the Saucony Endorphin Speed. I think it's a better shoe than the Endorphin Speed in every way, shape, or form, and it's just as versatile. This shoe could have been everywhere. It could have been on the feet of so many people for so many different kinds of runs, and nobody could find it because it was not in production. Now you may say, Matt, be too hard on them. It's COVID. It's COVID, man. Supply chain. I don't know what supply chain is, but evidently the supply chain was only affecting Puma because only Puma was having the problem that was like some some brands were having a little bit of supply chain problem. They had almost a year with their signature shoe never on the market. So you'd think, okay, they must have learned from that experience. It must have been very hard for them. I'm a huge Puma fan. I am rooting for them. They learned their lesson, right? Right, Tommy? They had to have learned their lesson. Yeah, I mean, you'd think. So here we are, this year, they debut in their next generation of Puma carbon-plated racers. Another fantastic shoe. People are raving all about it. Elites are wearing it, and occasionally you'll see it in reviews, but this shoe is supposed to be absolutely incredible. Everyone who's worn it that I've talked to loves this shoe. There's a reason. Oh, hold on. Let me go grab it. Oh, no, hold on. I can't. Why? Because it's not on the market. I'm talking about the Puma Faster. Their second carbon plate eraser has the same problem as their first. It's not on the market. What the hell is going on? It's just, it's not there. They dropped it for like a quick second at their store in New York City so that their elites can wear it in competition. Because again, this is the rule now. You can't wear prototype shoes in a lot of these events. You have to wear shoes that at least have a limited release to the to the wider market. And they took that wording and basically said, you know, that's exactly what we're going to do. Screw everybody who actually likes these shoes. We are going to sell it to nobody. Mm-hmm. For the second time, and I got to be honest with you, Tommy, I don't think you can come back from that. I think that it's hard for these companies to make great shoes, okay? That is not an easy thing. They made two great shoes. They had people clamoring for them. Give, take my money. Instead, they do the exact opposite. They don't produce nearly enough, if any at all, and now... There's a chance that their next carbon plate racer isn't quite as good. It happens all the time. Happens all the time to every shoe company. Okay. We're looking at the Alpha Fly 2 right now, right? Yeah. We saw the World Championships. How many Alpha Fly 2s did you see on the elites? Zero. Zero. Okay. So there's a chance that the next carbon plate racer from Puma isn't going to be quite as good as these two, which is too bad because it's going to mean that they missed their golden opportunity and I am dying on that hill. Well, that's a hill. You are, you're, you are up there on the hill. And I'm just going to let you stay on that hill for a little bit <laughs> until the next one comes out. Because maybe, I mean, it could be one of those things like, like the exclusivity thing of it. You never know. You never know what making people starve for like a couple of years on um, some great shoes will do for people. All of a sudden, they randomly have great supply chain on this third one. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. We'll this see. reminds me of, do you watch Parks and Recreation? Have you watched that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So Tom Haverford starts Entertainment 720. Exactly. And first two weeks, he tells everybody that they're booked solid. They can't take on any more clients. 
Yeah. And he tells people with, after they file for bankruptcy that that actually wasn't true, that they were just trying to, to drum up interest. They don't yeah. need, Puma doesn't need to drum up interest. The interest had already been drum up. There was no marketing part of this. They, they could, either they're, either they're, like you said, either they just missed their opportunity or they're mad scientists and we're all going to eat our words. I'm a mad consumer. Mad consumer. I don't know about mad scientists. I'm a mad consumer. Puma, I say this with love. I love this shoe. I love this shoe. People have on her me have talked about it enough, but it's true. It's a great shoe. And so is the faster. Everyone who's worn it loves it. Yeah, it's a good shoe. Loves it. Good shoe. Where is it? It's been six months. Where is it? Has it been nine months? Did it debut last fall? I didn't even know that. Honestly, I didn't even know it came out. I thought it was one of those things where it was just. It came out for one day. They decided day. that they didn't want it to. Maybe there's something wrong with the shoe. You know? People are. Maybe. The are still wearing it. Yeah, maybe like maybe there's something some default is like, hey, normal people can't wear these because if you get over 150 miles, the thing snaps in half. I don't know. It's a weird shoe. Well, there's there's plenty of shoes that you don't want to run zero miles in. It's true, right? Go talk Good to the point. Hulk athletes, right? They'll tell you off air their carbon plate racers are they're great for training. They're garbage for racing, right? They'll take 150 mile shoe any day of the week. That's explosive. Hey man, I know you love. I know you love. The, I know you love your your Rocket X. I'm not gonna try to paint you hey in the man, corner, yeah, but I'm just yeah, saying the, the Rocket X is. I'm just is legit. But yeah, I probably wouldn't race in it though. All right, so tell me that hill you you're you're there, and so my next hill is it's it's a it's a it's early to say this, um, but I think it's not really a hill to die on because I think if I say I, I die on this hill, I'm sure a lot of people would be up there dead with me. So this is like, this is a, 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 the low hanging fruit of a dead hill. So I'm going to go with this train, this shoe that I have in my hand. It's very, very new. And I'm not even really sure if it's, it's not even out yet actually, but I'm going to tell you that this will be the trainer of the year. Oh. Of this year. So when it comes out, it's only going to be out for maybe a few months by the end of the year. This will be voted somehow the trainer of the year. And I'm talking about the New Balance Super Comp Trainer. That thing is big. It might. It almost doesn't fit on the screen. It's so big. You know, it's, can you make it a widescreen? So this, the, <laughs> <laughs> the New Balance Super Comp Trainer is... Is there is there a legal trainer? It's a forty seven inch stack. The legal height for a stack it's is so big. Oh. It's literally blocking the microphone. Yeah, it, I it can is. barely hear you. It's blocking the mic. Be, it's so this big. Should, this should be, this should be, <laughs> this should be illegal. <laughs> it is. So it's a it's a it's a trainer that is not the lightest thing in the world, but it has a ton of foam, ton of cushion. It has a carbon fiber plate in them, and it's meant for just miles training, saving the legs. Extra pop because of the because of the uh, the foam mixed with the carbon fiber plate in it, and it's just meant for you to just go out there and feel good, and it does the job. So what I'm telling you, when this comes out, it's going to be as long as they don't have the the problems that Puma had <laughs> with supply chain, it will be one of the best shoes. It'll be voted the best trainer of this year. With only two months in the year, the only thing that can possibly possibly compete with this when it comes out will be the the Nova Blast Three. When you did that lead up, that's where I thought you were going. I thought you were going no, Nova Blast no, Three. No, no, I don't have that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, next time we down the hill, I'm going to say the same thing about the Nova Blast Three. <laughs> but this, this, I'm telling you, like, cause I ran in this like when you first start running in it, the heel, the heel is 47 inch stack, so it is a lot of shoe under the foot. 
And at first, it's really awkward, honestly, because you're just not used to that much going on. But after a couple miles, you you find where you where you're where, where it fits you. And unlike the the Nike Invincible that has a lot of foam in it, that was the goal of that. And hats off to them for pushing that envelope and throwing a bunch of foam in a trainer. Good job. But th- this, you know, New Balance did a good job of making it feel like a running shoe. You know, and then they threw in the carbon plate to make sure it's a little more stable and less just sink to the ground feeling. Um, but this feels like marshmallows with with like titanium rods through them or something. And I don't know what that even means. But sounds like you shouldn't eat it. Yeah. We're not we're talking about like roasted marshmallow, the, the one that gets too burnt, but it's awesome. You know, like you just don't mm-hmm. know where to go with it. So you just slang it against a tree. Anyway. Okay. This is the marshmallow that's burnt, but it's a good. It's burnt in a good way. Oh yeah. So, so the titanium plate is the. It actually that's the that's the rod that you can like. Yeah, that's the rod, the, but that's the carbon fiber the marshmallow plate. On. But, yeah, guys, okay. just just go with me. All right, Matt. Are you sure that's not? Are you sure that's not like zero point? So, are you dying on the hill of that being an awesome shoe? You're dying on the hill that we should we should compare more shoes to food. I think that we should die on the hill compare more shoes to food, and then, <laughs> and I'll I'll start. Can I just lead into my next one if we're gonna do that? Can I ask you a question? Yes. That looks like a really interesting shoe. It also looks like you could break more ankles than Allen Iverson. What is it like to corner in that thing? Cornering? I mean, because okay, it's cornering. I haven't had that issue yet because, I mean, I have turned corners in it, but it's not the shoe that you'd be turning a tight corner really fast in just because it's just not what that's meant for for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to do a tempo in that shoe. I'm not going to do... I'm not gonna I probably maybe I'll do strides, but straight away, you know, I just wouldn't have the need for it, or I, I just don't see anybody strapping these on and saying like, "Oh, I'm gonna go bend some corners at a fast speed." Right. But they right. are stable. I mean, they're not weird on the, on the foot. They don't feel like wobbly or um, I mean, because the base of the shoe. I mean, you guys know you guys can't see it, but the base of the shoe is pretty solid. You know, like mm-hmm. just compared to a random other shoe here, um, the base of the shoe is is very, it's, it's wide enough to make sure that you can have some stability there. All right. I like that. So you're just going to go into hill number two? Yeah. Hill number two, because we're talking about food, right? All right. Um, we're going to compare our shoes to food. <laughs> and this shoe, I'm going to die on this hill um, happily. Um, I, and I'm going to start off with burnt toast. You know, like the toast that you say, you know how you ever, you ever throw some toast in a toaster? throw it down there, and then you walk away or something, and it pops up, but you forgot you had it on, like, setting two. Mm-hmm. So you turn it up a little bit, and then you put it back in there, and then you're busy in the morning. You're running around. You forget that you need to take it out, right? And you come back, and it's just demolished. You, you smell smoke. You got, the like, the towel, and you're waving it off, all that nonsense. The smoke <laughs> alarm goes off. You got to open the windows, turn the fan on. That smoke. I'm not talking about like the burnt toast that you can salvage. I'm talking about the one you got to throw away. Even the dog doesn't want it, right? Okay. I'm going to say that. <laughs> the lead up is wild. Um, I'm I have say that no idea. I, I had a guess last time. I have no idea where we're going this time. I'm going to say that about the, uh, the sock and the Endorphin Pro 2. You want to throw it in the trash can you, or you want to feed it the dog? I, d- I tried my York, my Yorkie said no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my uh, Australian shepherd kind of like gave it a nudge or a couple, but you know, like she's just kind of wild though. So she doesn't know any better. Um, but yeah, I, the Saucony Endorphin Pro, I think was a huge, huge miss for me. Um, and I would die on that hill. And I, and I think that because I have the, I, I love the Saucony Endorphin Speed too. Mm, look at that. I'm holding the, the three. Saucony. I'm holding the pro so, three okay. in my hand. 
And I didn't like the Pro 2. You know, sometimes you like a shoe and then you then the next one comes out and you realize you didn't like the other one as much because now mm-hmm. that they made some adjustments. I didn't like the Pro 2 before Pro 3 came out. Um, I had this I had this one first and I like I'm like, ah, this is just okay. Because to me, when I'm when I put on a shoe with a carbon fiber plate in and it's supposed to be the pro's racing shoe, like the problem with Hoka, um, is I put on a shoe. I don't want to feel like I'm just running in a normal shoe. I want to feel like there's there's some you know, there's something to these things. Like, you know, this is the 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 second iteration of this shoe. And, you know, Nike Vaporfly's been out for, what, a year and a half at this point when this shoe came out or more even because it's the second shoe. Well, and it's like two shoe. and a half. Two and a half years. Alpha Fly was out when this came out. It's like, what, what, where were you guys going with this shoe to not to, to have it just look like all the rest of the shoes you got? And to have it, this shoe, to me, not as bouncy and poppy, like, uh, maybe not poppy, but not as bouncy and, um, super shoe feeling or feel as like the, the speed two because the speed two you could throw on for a, a, the training run like a like a workout and really feel the shoe helping you do your thing for me this shoe was just not it and i may be crazy because i know some people like this but i'm dying on this hill this is with the burnt toast don't waste your butter no waste your butter i love it i love that um we need to do a full shoe shoe as food yeah, we need to do a shoe as food, but then we have to we have to do that one with with video I'm version. The, I'm just gonna say right now, Prime X is Angel Food Cake. Angel Food Cake, okay. Just a big okay. slap of Angel Food Cake with the crappy cellar mesh upper on top of it. <laughs> cellar mesh. Why would they give a special name to such a bad upper? And it's like stop trying to market it. It's bad. The upper's bad. It's bad. I don't. It's I don't bad. even. I mean, it's just like the it's just like the Audios Pro Two. It's like the upper's just it's not good. Yeah. It's like enough. It's enough. enough. Barely. Is enough. Barely enough. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Okay. Another sh- another hill I'm going to die on. Okay. This is, I feel just as strongly about this one as the first one. My third one, I'm still, I'm not workshopping it, but I feel like my language isn't precise enough yet for the third one. Yeah. You, you were definitely very strong about the first one. Very strong. I've yes. been feeling that one for a while. Yeah. Chill glad out, I got chill it off out, my man. chest. Chill so out. glad. All right. Hill number two, I'm going to die on. I'm holding up the Saucony endorphin pro three not for a specific reason besides the fact that i wore it two days in a row and i love it i love this shoe but that was the point the two days in a row part so we all understand how these shoes these super shoes as tommy just mentioned are great 
for workout days. They're fantastic for long runs. And obviously, they're going to be good for race days, right? So you want to get some of these shoes that are versatile. They're not going to die after 100 miles. So you can use them for your key workouts. This is not new news. This is not a hill to die on because it's not even a hill. This is a known fact. It is undisputable. I will say this, though. I think that these shoes, especially a shoe like this one, which has a ton of squish, a ton of squish, and it's so soft. It's so great. I feel the same way about the New Balance RC Elite 2, and there's some other shoes like that that provide that really soft, cushioning feel, not like the one that you just mentioned, the Pro 2, which is a lot of people just felt like it was just, it was kind of hard-ish. Like it just was, it was more from the firmer side, um, running on a rail. I think that these shoes, while obviously awesome for workout days and long runs, I think are just as useful on recovery days. I wore these on my recovery day this week. And let me tell you, they were exactly what my legs needed. Why? Not for speed. No, not for speed. Some of these shoes, some of the super shoes are not good at easy pace. They're not good at nine minute pace, at 9.30 pace, 10 minute pace. My four and a half hour marathoners who are listening to this, they know that. They know that there's just some super shoes they can't wear at a marathon. It doesn't work for them at that pace, okay? But a shoe like this, I'm holding up the the Saucony Norfolk Pro 3 again. I feel the same way about the Puma TV Elite, the New Balance RC Elite 2, and some others as well. These are great on recovery days. Why? Because the foam is so soft and so forgiving and so good for your legs that they are exactly what your feet and your legs, mostly your legs, need for that recovery day to get you ready for the workout day. So... Don't wear these all the time. Don't wear them on every single easy run. But for me, I do one recovery run a week. It's kind of like a bridge day between two different parts of the week. So I'll go two two days hard-ish, like a longer easy run, workout day, bridge day, and then the second half of the week, and then a off day on Sunday. So for the bridge day, which is usually 45 minutes or so, pretty light, these shoes, these super shoes are a great fit for that because my legs feel awesome. After that, so I'm going to die on this that there are plenty of super shoes that are actually really good as recovery day shoes, even though it's the last thing that they would ever say in an ad campaign. So that your, your hill is that, is that that shoe is good for recovery, or that just in general some shoes are. In general, the softer super shoes are excellent recovery day shoes. Yeah, well, I think I think that there's more to that because. The like the alpha flies are pretty soft. Mm-hmm. The vapor flies are pretty soft, but neither one of those like are for me. I just can't get really get with it on a recovery slow like recovery day. Maybe easy I've never day. worn the alpha fly. Yeah, but I think the vapor fly. I agree because the vapor fly is not a comfortable shoe. It yeah yeah so like, so, like when you when, wear the vapor fly, you know it's on your foot on every foot on every foot strike. Right. Like, yeah, it, it is. Like, it is meant for racing. I wore the door from Pro Three today. I forgot I was wearing it half the time. Mm-hmm. It just disappears on your foot, and that's the kind of experience I'm talking about. So I'll hold up this shoe. I'm going to talk about Asics in a little bit. The Asics Meta Speed Sky. This shoe is not a good recovery day shoe for me. No, no, it's way too firm. The carbon plate is too firm, and the uh, foam is too firm. Okay, but again, the 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 foams that are a little bit that had the the low durometer scale. The 31s to 36. Again, like the Saucony Dwarfen Pro 3, like the Puma TV8 Elite, they cushion those legs, they baby those legs, and they end up being really good recovery issues. Yeah. No, they're, yeah, they're, those are awesome. Like you can do the warm up and the cool down of, of a race or whatever with no problem. No problem. You know, you don't have to switch out. You know, I like that a lot. Good. That was a good point. Um, all right. So we're going to go with, with my third hill to die on. 
So this shoe, um, you know, I'm going to call, I'm we're going to go Brussels sprouts here, you know, because <laughs> we are, we are just evolving on the fly. We're, we're going to go Brussels sprouts right now. So the reason why I'm going Brussels sprouts is because, I mean, there's so many people that just don't like Brussels sprouts for whatever reason. And I didn't like Brussels sprouts at one point in my life, you know, and then I found out how to cook them, you know, like different ways, you know, you don't just drop them in the water and boil them like maybe broccoli or something like that. You, you know, you got to put some, you got to put some, some touch on there, you know, some, some seasoning, some, some class, right? Um, and Brussels sprouts just get so much better as you, you know, mature in your life, right? <laughs> and <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but so these, <laughs> these are the Brussels sprouts for me. This, these are the Brooks Hyperion Elite 2. And the reason why I compared these Brussels sprouts is because so many people dislike this shoe. And it for whatever reason, well, not for whatever reason, there's a few reasons that it just doesn't deliver in the category of a super shoe. It looks like one. They did a really cool, slick look to it. It has a decent stack. I'm holding it up. You guys can't see. But they they got the profile right. But for some reason, this foam, whatever they call it, the DNA blast or flash is just not good enough. And I feel very adamant about that when it comes to racing but then here's when it comes into like how to cook it for this shoe um then my hill to die on is that this shoe is a, an amazing workout shoe because and the reason why i say that is because it's not necessarily like that it's not your race day shoe it's not going to feel like it's just doing all the work for you but it it's better than a standard you know um middle of the road trainer that's like kind of lightweight and does some speed too. Um, so like not, not to compare cause the Convara is like a really great shoe, but the Convara is, a, is one of the standard, like, you know, you could throw that on and do some, some, some tempo work and all that, but it's not really helping you out at all. These have the carbon fiber plate in it, a little higher stack. So it does save your legs. And that's really the point of, I mean, not really the point, but there's, that's one of the huge points of having this high stack and all this foam is to help save your legs. So you don't, get so tired during the workout but then also so after the workout you don't have to recover so much and you're not you don't feel so banged up because of those miles in that work and these do a really great job of that um when it comes to a testing thing these have like no benefit at all apparently like i guess somebody tested them and there's like this is one of the lowest scoring energy return carbon plated shoes but it's better than a typical shoe and we should say that's the that i mean they do those scoring if that's the median score. So there's certain people that it works great for. Yeah, yeah, median score. Right. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right. So, yeah. Say, isn't, isn't, that, isn't that a really good shoe for, for, for people who have stability needs as well, but who are looking for a fast shoe? I don't know. I've heard that Actually, the wider platform helps people with stability. Yeah, I mean, it has a pretty, I mean, it's not like, it's not crazy. It's not like a crazy wide platform, but I think, well, maybe Brooks has a better fit um, for like a different foot as well too, because it's not, it's not, it's maybe narrow in the midfoot area. Um, but down the toe, but the toe box is huge. Like, so you have like plenty of room to, to move around there. But yeah, if you have these and you thought you didn't like them, pull them out, give them another shot. Maybe put some vegan bacon with it a little bit, saute it and get into Those that workout. oil on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't just, don't just boil them. That's weird. Yeah. You don't, you, you don't just take your Brussels sprouts, leave them in a little, uh, Resealable bag. bag. They sell and them. Toss, and yeah. Put them in the microwave. Oh, yeah. Toss them in the microwave and see if they just steam <laughs> themselves. And 
yeah, take if you're, your brooks if you're out of the microwave and put them in the oven. Yeah, it's here. Put those things in the oven, season it a little bit, or a stovetop. But if just as a real side note, I'm sorry, Matt, I'm just I'm going rogue here. Can, can, did, did, did the Demados not feed you in Richmond? I know you were just with the Demados. Oh, you've no. been talking all no, food no. all the time. Did they no, not no. feed you? We, they they fit. They, we ate good, and then I see I saw an amazing feat after dinner as well. I can't wait to talk about that. All right, we'll 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 wait um, on that. That was but great. just really quick, I just wanted to like I have to say this. So if there's anybody watch listening to this, um, that you 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 own or have a bag of broccoli, I mean of uh, uh Brussels sprouts in your freezer or something, and you're planning on taking it out one day soon and putting it in the microwave, just don't do it. You know, just don't. Yeah, I'm ju- I'm judging you from afar. <laughs> you just can't do that. Yeah, and, and really close too. If you're listening on your headphones, um, yeah, I'm in your just ears. Right, right into your brain. I don't even have to. Yeah, I'll whisper. Don't do it. Right. Well, we're we are doing vegan corner later. Yeah, so I'm we hungry, are actually. We are yeah. we're meshing this whole thing. All right, hill number three for me. Okay, so this isn't brand specific, but we're seeing a lot of evolution, especially in um, carbon plate erasers, super shoes, all this stuff. And what we're seeing is all these different kinds of shoes. And all these different kinds of stacks and stuff like that, right? You see, you know, especially drops, right? You see drops of, you see Brooks with the Ghost will have a drop of 12. You'll see Ultra with the drop of zero. You see Hoka with the drop of five, a lot of cases. Socking is usually around eight. I mean, um, they are, but I was actually meaning Asics was usually around eight, so on and so forth. And there needs to be a way, and I know, I know we can do it because you've reviewed a lot of shoes. I've reviewed a lot of shoes and some of these videos never seen the light of day but i talk about shoes all the time with people the fact of the matter is a lot of these shoes have very specific use cases not just in terms of the kinds of runs that they are good for but the kinds of runners they are good for and asics was so close to nailing this so close they have the asics metaspeed sky the asics metaspeed edge and they instead of just simplifying it for the people and taking the bull by horns on this topic. They say, okay, oh, the sky is going to be for the, the stride runners and the, and the, and the edge is going to be for the cadence runners and the stride runners, they have a longer stride when they run faster. And the, and the cadence runners, they just have a, a quicker cadence when they run faster. You're like, listen, fools, everybody has a quicker stride and cadence when they run faster. Everyone goes up in both. Okay. And they show you this little chart with the lines that almost look parallel, but not really. And they're like, look at this chart. This kind of explains everything. You're like, that doesn't explain anything. Nothing. <laughs> explains nothing. Okay. Here is the tr- fact of the matter. We need to start, and maybe me and you will start this, and maybe the, the running shoe companies will come along for the ride later on. Just tell us this shoe is good for a four foot striker. This shoe is made for a heel striker. This shoe we think is balanced for everybody. Just Say it, okay? Mm-hmm. Asics, you were so close. You had it. You had the two shoes. One made for a heel striker. One made for a four-foot striker. And instead of just saying it, you came up with these two terms that ultimately didn't mean anything, made people super confused, and they didn't know which one to buy, so they might not have bought either. And you were so freaking close. So I'm going to say this again for some of the other shoes. Nike, Vimero 16. An unbelievable heel striking shoe. An absolutely horrible forefoot striking shoe. Just say, this is a great heel striking shoe. There's plenty of heel strikers out there. You're not going to alienate anybody. No one bought the Vermeer 16 anyway. Who are you going to hurt? Right? It's not going to hurt your marketing. You're actually going to help your marketing. You're niching down. 
right? These other shoes, they're like, all right, I mean, he'll, he'll be the heel drop of five. And we're have a stack of 27 in the forefoot. Great. That sounds like a really good forefoot running shoe or maybe midfoot forefoot. Just say it instead of these wild guesses that us, the public have to make, especially now that so many of us are buying shoes online. We can't try these things on. And it's absolutely ridiculous. If you have a shoe that you know is better for a certain kind of runner in terms of how they land, just say it. It helps us. It helps you. There's absolutely no reason not to identify this in the process and just say it. Just say it. Just say it, man. Don't just do it. Just say it. Just say it. That's right. So I, I, this is one of the things that drives me nuts, as you can tell, because there's just certain shoes that are just, we've talked about the Invincible a million times. I'll say it again. That shoe is garbage for midfoot forefoot strikers. It's just garbage. And I know plenty of heel strikers. They love it. Great. Say it. You test the shoes out. You know who it's good for? Just put it out there. Drives me nuts, man. Yeah. Drives me nuts. Just. <laughs> I also think it'd be better for business. This is the part that I don't understand. This is the part I don't understand. I think it would help them, right? It's not even like, you know, post born to run, no one wanted to say they were a heel striker because it was like this stigma attached to it. Now that's dissipated, right? No one's running around barefoot shoes, okay? People just run how they run, fine, okay? The stigma's gone. If you you make shoes for for heel strikers, make shoes for forefoot strikers, make shoes that are maybe balanced for both, like, like the Rock Saucony Ride 15. I think that's a great shoe for basically no matter how people land. Mm -hmm, okay, mm -hmm. say say it. Hey, this is balanced. We think it works for everybody. Okay, but don't say that for every shoe, especially if it's not true. And if you have something that you feel like could market very well for a specific type of runner, what is stopping you from saying that? I think they just they they just don't like the they don't like to feel like you know because. They're still, I mean, they're still in the world of heel striking is not all that great, you know? But listen, if you have a shoe that has a heel drop of 10 to 12, mm -hmm. what are we talking about here, right? I yeah. mean, those can be very difficult to run as a midfoot forefoot striker because yeah. all of a sudden you have to like tip your, your toes down in order yeah. to, to, to kind of bite the ground with them, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, in, in certain cases. And it's just, it just seems like a waste of time and energy. And just, just to pretend like these shoes are all going to be made equally for no matter how you land. But then they say like when they have those big drops, they're tr they're like they they'll say that they're trying. It's like meant to get the heel striker up on their mid to forefoot because it's pushing you forward. But it's still that means it's still for the heel striker though. Yeah, you're right. It does. Okay. Oh, so, all right. So so that's the deal. So, so, so say that was the argument, right? Which it do, doesn't make any logical sense. But say someone was going to present that and they actually believed it. Say, so, okay, well, also what you're telling me is, so you want someone to run more on their forefoot, but you're giving them less forefoot stack. Yeah. That's what you're telling me, right? This is a good example is the, is the Adidas Boston 10. That shoe is hot garbage for midfoot forefoot strikers. It is absolute garbage. I have the shoe. I wanted to like it. I absolutely hated it. It's a, it's a really firm shoe. With that said, if someone is a dedicated heel striker, that shoe sings. Really? I once went on a run because someone told me this. that They said, this shoe's actually really good for your heel striker. I'm like, well, I'm not a heel striker, but you know what? Whatever. I went out for a run, did like three miles, and I like completely changed the way I run to like really kind of like heel strike through it. Mm -hmm. It was really good. Thing was stable. It was rolling through. The firmness of the rods kind of sprung me right through the, right through it. The light strike 
which takes a little bit, the Light Strike EVA takes a little bit of break in time, but I'd already broken them in by this point. It was like nice cush right through the heel, and then you get to the Light Strike Pro. That shoe is a really good heel striking shoe, hmm. but I've read all the literature on the shoe. Now the Boston 11s are out. They're the exact same midsole, exact same outsole. All they change is the upper. It says nothing about heel striking in any of the literature. And it should because it's perfect for those people. But if someone like me picks it up, tries it on, and thinks it's for someone like me, and they are gonna and they tell everyone that the shoe's hot garbage yeah. because for them it is because Adidas isn't telling them, hey, you're not the person that should be having this shoe. Then who does that help? Yeah, I think it, I just think it's too. I mean, I I like the shoe. It's just it's just not one of. The, I'll never reach for it on a recovery day. I mean, because they're just too far for because it's it's like ten and a half ounces. It's not a race day shoe. It's not a speed no, no, day like shoe. This like an easy day shoe for me. You know, okay. like not a recovery day, but like an easy day. Because I mean, it has a stack and all that stuff. But it is just a firm shoe. Like I have to be in the mood for it. But if yeah. you're because you're, what you're saying though is like the heel of it is built differently and it's softer, you know, cause uh, you know what I mean? Like, so once you're, when you, when you did the heel striking on purpose, it was just like a softer landing. No, it's just that it's the kind of foam. It needs a lot of pressure. Okay. And you're give. not, yeah, you're not doing a lot of. Right. Yeah, so yeah, as yeah, someone gotcha. who was mid foot, four foot striking, I wasn't putting the pressure on it yeah. in those places for it to give. So it was just landing flat, like, Bang, yeah, firm, yeah. bang, yeah, yeah. bang. I probably sounded really bad to the microphone, but it, there wasn't, it, there was no roll. It was just like, it was like dropping like a cement block on the ground. It just, right. it just yeah. didn't gotcha. land right. It's like the only time that I had any enjoyment in that shoe before my heel striking experiment was when I did like, like heel, um, sorry, heel strides. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, then firmly on my toes and my heel never touched the ground. Mm-hmm. So all I was landing on was the Light Strike Pro and engaging the rods because I was, again, I was running up yeah, the hill. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah. all right, well, I don't run a – I'm not going to, like, do a workout where all I'm doing is running uphill. Like, that's just not – you know, and, and, and from a – especially, like, there's plenty of – I've been on plenty of hilly routes, but, like, you know, you're doing hill strides, you're sprinting uphill. So it's right, like exactly. – No one's going to make a shoe for hill sprints. Yeah. So that's my la- that's my last thing. Come on, shoe companies. If you're making a shoe for heel strikers, say it. If you're making a shoe for mid foot four for strikers, say it. If you're making a shoe that you think works well for everybody, then say that. But either way, just just say it. Just come on, tell us just the truth. Say it. Just say it. All right, we did it all. We did. We we, we died on the hill. We're not. We're yeah. dying on the hill three Six times. Hills. A lot of deaths. Six a lot hills. of deaths lot in of this deaths. episode. Yeah, I mean, some of them were good deaths. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the food, specifically, yeah, food. especially back to the Brussels sprouts, because we're doing a little vegan corner with Tommy yeah. Runs, a noted vegan. We've been meaning to do this on other episodes. We've never gotten to it, but we're getting to it today. Yeah, let's do it. So, um, what do you, so yeah, I'm just going to talk about what my favorite, my, my favorite like go-to meal right now. Is that cool with you? Let's do it. That's perfect. All right, man. Cool. So, um, yeah, like, so what I'd like, especially like after a run, um, cause you, you know, you want your carbs, you want like something that's kind of tasty and just feels kind of decadent and all that stuff. So what I've been doing lately is I pull out the, you know, whatever kind of pasta you want. I do, I do a penne pasta, cook the pasta, right? And it's like, it's a pasta dish. So it's pretty quick and easy. So whatever vegetables you want, like I'll get, I'll get crazy. I'll do like broccoli. I'll do like black olives, whatever you would want with like a pasta type of dish. Um, so you can 
pretty much go everything in the kitchen sink. If it's vegan, so everything except for the meat, right? Um, so all the vegetables that you would want in a pasta dish, and then saute those things up a little bit with some salt, pepper, garlic, whatever you want to do, whatever your taste is, whatever whatever you have for your taste. But here's the twist of this, right? So once you once you've got the pasta done, you got all your veggies cooked and sautéed to um, nicely like al dente ish on both of those because you don't want anything too soggy and weird because who wants soggy vegetables and soggy uh, soggy penne? And then you throw those together in a in a in a, in a pot to mix them up. But then you get this uh, Vivo Life has a, jeez, um, oh, it's not ricotta. Yeah, they have a, they have a, they, uh, Vivo Life has a ricotta cheese, right? And it comes in like a little package and it's amazing. And it melts like butter. So you cut it and have as much as you want of it. And then you drop it in there while you're mixing up the veggies and the pasta together. And you just let it melt, let it get all in there. So it looks like one of those real nice, crazy shiny <laughs> wet dishes right and you just dump it in a bowl and go to work it has all the things you need after a workout but it just tastes really good like my kids actually were like okay i can see that you know and they're, they're like they're they're my taste testers because if i can get them if i can get their buy-in on some food it's pretty good like it has to be amazing vegan food for them to even say it's just okay so I'm not familiar with Vivo Life. I'm assuming this is like a vegan. Yeah, vegan. Like, yeah, it's type. a vegan cheese. So we're not, we're not, we're not talking about, we're not about this is vegan cheese. Yeah, vegan cheese. So it's a vegan okay. cheese. Um, I can, yeah, it's it's um, it they have them on the, whatever section like in your in your grocery store has the vegan stuff, and it's probably near the other cheese actually. So just go over there, check out the vegan area. Vivo Life makes some really good cheeses. Like back when. You know, ten years ago, I wasn't. I was only. I've only been vegan for four years. But back ten years ago, um, when vegetarian and vegans were not like were frowned upon in the world, um, there all the cheese probably tasted like cardboard. It probably was no cheese to be had. You know, but they've really come a long way with like it's like a cashew milk cheese. So it's like that's how they kind of that's how they come about it. So it sounds funny to say vegan cheese, but it's like a cashew milk based cheese mixture thing, and they have they put into a solid, but it melts like a dream. Um, and you can really do anything you want to with that dish. And I guess if you just, no, we're not, we're doing vegan corn. I'm not even going to do any, any, I guess you could, but you can't only vegan no, stuff. Vegan Throw corn, it into a vegan pot. only baby. Throw it into a pot so, or pan, saute, mix the, mix the noodles in there or however, whatever you want to do, whether it's angel hair, go crazy, have some fun, throw that cheese in there, let it melt over top of it, mix it all up. And if you don't like it, then I would assume that you really, really like Endorphin Pro too. If you don't like it, you get your money back for this episode. Whatever, yeah, you, yeah, whatever, you, whatever yeah. how much money you spent to listen to this episode, Matt, we will, if we you will don't refund like it, you that Matt money. will pay you money. We'll refund you all the money you spent to listen to this. Yeah. For sure. Um, so let me ask you, so when you're doing that, do you, do you then basically just take the pasta and add it to the saute pan that you're sauteing the vegetables in? Or do you have a third pot that, that, that enters the mix? No, no, I, I'm so minimal on the pot thing. Like, I just don't want to clean them. Um, so either, it depends on which one I went too crazy on. Like, sometimes I'll go too crazy with the vegetables, and then I'll have to put that in the pot that where the, where after the drain, you drain the noodles, obviously, drain the pasta. Um, so sometimes I'll just dump them in the pasta dish, the pasta pot, so I can mix them up in there, or other way around depends on what I'm what I'm doing. If I'm cooking for multiple people, it's probably a better idea to do it in the in the pot so you can really do it. You just do it all at one time. If I'm just for just for me, then I'll just kind of take the the pasta that I need 
put it in the pan, saute it there, finish the melting process, and go to town. I like that. This is a really good vegan quarter. This is this is everything. Sounds appetizing, yeah. it, and yeah, not too much, not too many new ingredients where you feel like you have to go to the store and get twenty five new things to make one dish. No, no. I mean, honestly, like if if yeah, just four or five vegetables, maybe um, some onions, whatever you whatever you would normally do, like in a in like a, a maybe like an antipasto type of vibe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's uh, but it's really good though, really good, and you'll thank me for it. I think. Last question. Do you get like the pre, like pre-cut or pre-chunked um, garlic? There's like those little like saucer dishes, like, like a hockey puck coming in with like the, the water. Or do you actually take the cloves and start busting them up? All right. So I was a purist at one point um, in, in my in my life. Um, where I was like, no, nah, you got to chop it all up. But it, that gets really pain. It can be a pain in the butt sometimes. So I'll do both. Like I'll have the I'll have the little can or whatever the little jar, just in case. Sometimes you just got a dish, or you just want to throw some stuff in really quick, and you don't want to like break down and have to like open the clove and get rid. And that paper stuff, oh, not paper. Yeah. But like the skin to like the garlic is is one of the most annoying things that there's that that God did. You know. Is it Goodfellas where the t- the guy has the the razor and he's like oh, slicing yeah, and the garlic really there. thin Man, in the prison? That- Imagine what Paulie's fingers smelled like, you know. <laughs> Didn't that guy just die like like last week? Servino? Oh, did he like last week? It's, yeah, it's like it's it's uh, Mira Servino's dad. He was the guy. He's like he was in a lot of those movies. He's like a big time character. Oh, he, he was Ray's the one who was doing too? that scene in the prison with the little garlic. Yeah, the, yeah, the remember he was with the garlic. Them and they remember they brought in the lobster, right? You know, he's <laughs> <laughs> and he's telling him where to put the lobster thing. But yeah, no, didn't Ray, Ray Liotta no die movie, too? No scene in any movie or TV show won me a better, be a better cook than like that scene in that movie, which is like not about cooking at all. And, it, and the reason his reasoning was you, you slice it so thin that it just dissolves in the, in, the, in the spaghetti sauce or whatever. Right. And I'm still questioning that, though. Like, that's pretty that's, – that's movie magic because <laughs> – that thing isn't melting. Right. I think they're just, they're just trying to figure out, like, how can we show that these guys are actually, they're allowed to not only do whatever they want, but also they're allowed to have, like, razor blades in jail, which is 100% not allowed. About, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I, <laughs> the, the lobster had me had me like, wow, these guys have lobster in prison. But he had a razor blade that was, cl- like, you know, a clean razor blade just All right, slicing. Who, wait, who uses the razor blade better in the movies? Would you say, who who is a better... Peaky Blinders. Okay, no. So that, no, I'm, no, I was thinking <laughs> Tupac in Above the Rim. Uh-huh. Right? Because he has it in his mouth the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty gangster. Or Goodfellas slicing it so thin right next to his fingers. Nah, sli- so thin, one after you knew, another. You knew, the, you knew the answer to this, man. It's Tupac for it's sure. It's Tupac. There's no doubt. Yeah, how much talent it takes for you to not detach your tongue from the bottom of your mouth. <laughs> Doing that, like I've seen <laughs> people do that. He's playing ball without a ball. That was, that I mean, I've was, seen people, that was way I've seen people. Up. I've seen people do that before. The razor in the in the mouth thing. Have you really? Aggr- yeah, it's pretty aggressive. Like, uh, how did you learn how to do that, sir? You know, like that's wait. one of those things. Where, like, I'm not. I don't have to say anything to you. If you watch me do this, and you know, you're not. Don't mess with me. No, nah, I think that you're nuts, sir. Um, you probably you probably running endorphin pro twos. <laughs> Leave me alone, <laughs> razor razor blade guy. All right, that's it. My Body and Soul, Tommy Runs. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed The Hills That We're Dying On. I hope it informed some of your shoe decisions. Also, some of your culinary decisions as well. Tommy, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. 
I think the biggest takeaway is the food was the food part. That's that part was fun. The, we're the garlic be, we're thing. transitioning. We're transitioning yeah. to a food podcast. Just eventually, we'll just yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. All right, everybody, happy running. Don't put your Brussels sprouts in the microwave, please. Peace out. <laughs> this has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of In Post Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of song brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.